It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. It is crossover Wednesday. Q Myers from Locked On Raiders is on the show today to break down an uncommon opponent. The Oakland Raiders with John Gruden also coming off a bye week as the Detroit Lions were, so expect some unscouted looks, some interesting stuff from John Gruden. And we're going to break all of that down a little bit later in the show. Before we get there, though, one thing that has been percolating on, on Packers Twitter and around the internet, uh, aside from the officiating from Monday's game, is this idea of Green Bay's need at receiver. And I, I don't want to rehash that. My position on it all along has been clear in that if the Packers traded for a receiver, it would make them better. It would improve their team. And if there is a trade out there to do that, that they would be wise to consider it. It would improve their team. You always want to improve your team if the value of doing so is right. It, it would seem odd to believe that the team is set given the personnel that they have, but they have already proven they can win games. They've beaten two very good teams in the NFC, one on the road, one at home, and they did so without Devontae Adams. With Devontae Adams on the field, this team is very different because – MVS has to do a little bit less. Geronimo Allison has to do a little bit less. Shepard, Lazard, these other guys, Jimmy Graham, the, the tight ends, the running backs, everyone has to do a little bit less. So their deficiencies are not quite as magnified. And it's the same with any great receiver. They just make life easier for everyone else. But the, the thing that I want to point out here is all, basically all of the names that have been out there from Packer fans and extended rumor mills and Reddit threads, etc. Basically, none of them make any sense to me. And, and not that they wouldn't make the team better. Almost all of them would. It's just that we don't have any evidence that any of these players are available. And, and I, I understand the instinct when uh, someone says, look, why wouldn't the, the Falcons are one in five and they're going to fire their coach. And this team is nowhere near competing. Well, the problem is they just went all in in the offseason, trading up to get offensive linemen, spending in the offseason to get offensive linemen, to buoy Matt Ryan in this offense, to get them going, and figuring that they have the talent on defense to be a Super Bowl team. 
at the very least, to be a playoff team. Well, they were wrong about that. Keanu Neal goes down. Uh, some of their their top defensive players are just not their top defensive players. I mean, Vic Beasley, Tack McKinley, those guys are just not the players they thought they were going to be. And so they're in this position. But why would the Falcons right now in a win-now mode, even if they fire their coach and hire a new one, they're going to expect instant results from that coach. They have Matt Ryan on the same kind of window and schedule that the Packers have Aaron Rodgers on. They want to win now. Why would they sell off Mohamed Sanu, who's on a good deal this year and next year? Why would they sell him off unless the price is extremely favorable? In which case, why would Green Bay want to overpay? One of the other names, Emmanuel Sanders, that has been out there a lot. John Elway is not going to give in until the fat lady sings on this season. They've won two games in a row, and they are not out of the playoffs by any means. I mean, they aren't. And they're suddenly playing better on offense and defense. If they were smart, they would trade Emmanuel Sanders because he's probably going to walk in the offseason for nothing. So you want to get something for him. If the, if the, the Broncos are going to make a move, it's not going to be for another week probably maximize what you can get from Emmanuel Sanders on the field and then trade him to maximize his value. I don't even think Elway is going to do that because he thinks that they can resign them in the offseason. I'm sure he thinks that. I'm not reporting that. I'm just that's just John Elway and he he's not good at this. So they're they're probably not going to trade Emmanuel Sanders. The Bengals and AJ Green have made it very clear that they have no interest in him being traded. And and in fact, AJ Green would like to stay there. The Tennessee Titans, they just made a quarterback change. Why would they trade Corey Davis? They just took him with the fifth overall pick. He's still on a rookie contract. And even though they did make a quarterback change, they're not out of it in the AFC. And the same GM who drafted Corey Davis with the fifth overall pick is still the GM giving up while the guy is still on his rookie contract to get what? I mean, Packer fans think that he can just be had for a day three pick. There's no way that the the Titans front office is going to do that. So now we're talking about now we're talking about trying to pick off teams from who the Dolphins, trying to trade for someone like Albert Wilson. I don't see the wisdom in that. He's overpaid and isn't going to be a huge boost for this offense. Okay, Devontae Parker, there's a lot of talent there. But the, one of the reasons why he would be available in Miami is because he's inconsistent. All the same problems apply for any other player currently on this roster. The inconsistencies, the hands, the commitment, the route running. I mean, he's not a game changer week to week. He could come in and make one catch. He could come in and have one good game. That's his MO. But not more than that. So where are the options? What can Green Bay get? Who is out there that they're not trading for that they could trade for? The Jaguars just made the blockbuster trade getting Jalen Ramsey to the Rams for two first-round picks and a four, do they go into a little bit of a a sell-off pieces mode? They've got a ton of receivers over there. None of them are great. They just have a bunch of guys. So maybe they'd be willing, you know, let's say Josh Jackson in a deal for mm, Marquise Lee, D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, someone that can come in right away and, and play and produce. Nathaniel Hackett has a relationship there. That one makes a little bit of sense, especially now after the trade. Go young uh, and and try and get value. You, you get a cornerback to replace Jalen Ramsey. 
But I'm sure they're thinking, hey, first round picks. We can use those picks to get that guy in the spring or next year. Tom Coughlin's like, I'm not going anywhere. Doug Marone's like, I'm not going anywhere. So, you know, why worry about it? That leaves the Packers without very many options. More than likely, this is going to have to be the offense and the personnel group that they go they go down with or they go up with, you know? They're either going to win or lose with the guys on this field. And and if it were me, and I said this on Twitter, one of the reasons I had a problem with bringing Alan Lazard into the game over someone like Darius Shepard was I felt his skill set was redundant with Geronimo Allison and Jake Kumaro. They were similar types of players. But what we've seen from Geronimo Allison is an inconsistent player who, I don't know if he's lost his confidence or what, but he, he just cannot hang on to the ball. It seems like he's got the yips at this point. Just can't make easy catches, routine catches. But Jake Kumaro, in, in extended snaps, has not been able to produce. Geronimo Allison has not been able to produce. So if you're going to have one of those guys on the field, it might as well be the guy who has actually been a meaningful, useful NFL player for the Packers this season. I don't think it is knee-jerk or an overreaction to one game to say Alan Lazard now deserves more playing time. He went out and earned it. And, and Allison might not even be ready this week. We don't know on the short week, especially if he's going through concussion protocol. Uh, that shortens the window for him to get back and get healthy. We'll, we'll find out more information when the Packers get to actually practice. You know, walk through today. Uh, I, I'm not sure they're going to practice at all this week, honestly, uh, on the short week. But, you know, Al Lazard should be getting more of these snaps. Darius Shepard showed he's just not ready. He was overwhelmed by the moment. And Jake Kumaron, just not an impact player. I mean, if he's your fifth receiver, your sixth receiver, that's fine. But he doesn't do anything on special teams for you. If the Packers had better options, they'd be playing. This is where not having EQ hurts you. It's where not having Jay Sternberger hurts you. And and that's why you have to rely on someone like Alan Lazard. Once Devontae Adams comes back, they're fine. Because some combination of Adams, MVS, and pick one of those big possession receivers, plus Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, which we saw on Monday is a deadly combination in the backfield, that's enough. That's more than most teams have, and that's before you get into the tight end. Mercedes Lewis had a great game on Monday. Big Bob Tanyan is going to come back. Jay Sternberger is eventually going to be a part of this offense. You can subvert the role of Jimmy Graham, which Green Bay was already en route to doing before Tanyan got hurt, and and only put him in a position where he is he is able to succeed. I know he dropped the touchdown and didn't make that contested catch in the end zone, but when the Packers needed to convert on third down, Late in the game, Aaron Rodgers threw a pass to Jimmy Graham, which he caught and got whacked, held on first down. If, if you can make those catches, you're, you can help this team. And Jimmy Graham didn't play terribly on Monday. So it's fine to say Green Bay should trade for a receiver. I don't know that they should. I don't even like that word in this context. But if there is a trade out there to be made that that is good value, make it. I mean, that's just that's just good decision making. That's just good team building. I don't know what that trade is. It does. I have not heard it. Now, if if a team is going to take a, you know, if the Falcons would take Mohamed Sanu for Josh Jackson, great. If the the Jaguars would take Josh Jackson for one of their receivers, great. I don't know if that's on the table. 
And I don't know what their willingness is to move on from those players, especially in the case of the Falcons, who still fancy themselves as a team who can, if not this year, next year, win games. In these trade scenarios, you're trying to take advantage of a team and their willingness to move off quality players to build for the future. When there aren't teams who are in that position, it's hard to take advantage of that. And if you're getting into position and not able to take advantage because of issues downstairs when it comes to the bedroom, that's where Blue Chew comes in. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and they work twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for anyone who wants a little extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays 
fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. All right, let's get to the crossover Wednesday part of the show. You can follow him on Twitter at yourboyq254. I'm not cool enough to say your boy Q, but I get to. That's the cool part. <laughs> He's the host of Locked On Raiders. He's also the co-host of the Black Hole Banter podcast. Q, thanks for joining Locked On Packers, and let's jump right in here. For the Raiders, I'm watching this offense, and they're sort of it's like being held together by chicken wire. I don't, I don't really know exactly what they're great at. And yet all of a sudden Josh Jacobs looks like a potential rookie of the year candidate. Derek Carr is making just enough plays for them to, to be in these games. What is the identity of this team? Well, right now they're just a smash mouth team. They're a smash mouth. They want to run the ball first. Uh, that That's going to be exactly uh, who they are and, and how they get it done. And Josh Jacobs, like you mentioned, is starting to look like a guy who could potentially be the offensive rookie of the year. Had a couple bad games, uh, one against Kansas City, one against Minnesota, where he wasn't featured very often. But the last couple of games, John Gruden has really started to feed him the ball, both against Indianapolis and Chicago, and there's been good results and two wins. And, uh, you know, this team is really winning games in the trenches, both offensively and defensively. They're really dominating right there. They're getting Gabe Jackson back, the right guard, who's been out all season long. And you mentioned chicken wire. That's how that offensive line was really held together for the longest because both guards, <laughs> Incognito and Jackson, were both out. So you had backups in there. Then all of a sudden a backup needed another backup, you know. And so you're right. Chicken wire is how it was held up. But now the reinforcements are back, especially after the, the bye week. And I think that this offensive line has a real good chance of being very dominating, you know, and, and really can push that pile and get that run game going. And from what I've seen from the Green Bay Packers this season, the run defense has not been that great. You know, I saw the Eagles gash them. That was a way that they, they got their only loss of the season. Um, I, I was ex actually ex expected the Cowboys to run Zeke Elliott more, but they got down so early, got down so much so early, they weren't able to do that. And so Zeke Elliott was pretty much a, a non-factor for what they wanted to do. I expect the, the Raiders to come with a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs, Jalen Richard, uh, DeAndre Washington, whoever's running the rock, I expect him to come with a heavy dose of that it's sort of the same on the other side, and and it's fitting that John Gruden is the coach of this team in some ways because this is an old school team, as you said. Yeah, this is this is a great run stopping defense, which is is kind of wild. Uh, top ten in adjusted line yards by Football Outsiders, top ten run defense in efficiency, and I'm I'm wondering from your standpoint, without you know really stud guys they're able to, to make this work. How are, how is this front been as good as it has been without, you know, a ton of proven household names? That's a, that's a really good question. You know, it really is. And it was one of those questions going into the season that I had, you know, how were the, how was the defense going to step up? How were they going to perform? What were they going to look like? And, you know, there's still question marks about the secondary and the safeties. Uh, they're starting to come around the last few weeks, but uh, it all starts up front with that run defense, and that run defense has been solid outside of the Minnesota game. Now, Dalvin Cook and company, they got the Raiders for a ton of yards, a ton of yards, but every other game has been less than 100. Matter of fact, less than, like, 90. You know I mean? It's been a really good 
We're going to make you throw the ball and, and try to beat us. Now, I don't know if that approach works when you go up against Aaron Rodgers because, well, he could throw the ball and he could beat you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's going to mm-hmm. be a struggle. But that approach is how the Raiders have done it all season long where they expect their big guys up front to be able to stop the run and, and really get in the backfield, get some tackles for losses, uh, put a little bit of pressure on the quarterback. It's never going to be great. It's never going to be top 10 as far as sacks on, you know, go. And Aaron Rodgers is, a, is another tough uh, out He's a tough battle. You know, it's, it's hard to get him down anyway, regardless how great your pass rush is. So that's going to be a struggle. But uh, I'll tell you, I, I don't expect the Packers to go off and, and have a lot of yards rushing. I think they had, what, 170 yards total rushing against the mm-hmm. against the Lions. I don't expect that to even be close like that against the Raiders just because they are putting such an emphasis on stopping the run. So it, it, it's funny, man. It feels like this could have the potential of being almost one of those old school type games and be really close. And I feel like... That's a little scary if the game is close and then Aaron Rodgers has a chance to have his hands on the ball like he did Monday night against the Lions. Well, and he's proven it doesn't matter who he's throwing the ball to. Right. Because they go to Dallas and they win the ball, they win the game throwing it to Aaron Jones a bunch. I mean, he was the the leading receiver on the team. Then you have a game against a a very underrated, I think, Detroit Lions team. I was really impressed watching this Lions team on tape. They're so disciplined, they're so well coached, they're so smart with their game plan. And Aaron Jones, basically a non-factor in this game, but Jamal Williams steps up, right, run right. game, pass game. They get, you know, a big play to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They just need one of those a game, and and their offense can move effectively. And then on the decisive two drives of the game, they get a, a 35-yard touchdown to Alan Lazard, who, you're, who your listeners might be saying, um, I'm sorry, who? <laughs> right. <laughs> and and he was a guy, and this is true, Aaron Rodgers went to the sidelines and said, put Lazard in. And, wow. and was apparently forceful about it was like my guy needs to play because these other dudes are not cutting it. And Rodgers was right about that. If you're the Raiders and you're trying to stop Aaron Rodgers, one thing that the the uh, the Lions were able to do somewhat effectively was only rush three and four and drop a bunch of guys in coverage. How do you see Oakland trying to defend this Packers offense, even if if Adams and Allison can't go? Is the secondary good enough? Are they gonna are they gonna try and you know attack Rodgers a little bit? Are they gonna play more coverage? How do you how do you predict that Paul Gunther is gonna approach this game for the Raiders? I think he's gonna kind of look at, at what he saw the Lions do successfully and try to do that. And, and what I've seen from Paul Gunther as of late is he's been switching up a lot of things, trying to confuse the opposing quarterback. Now he didn't play anybody and didn't go up against anybody that was uh, you know Aaron Rodgers worthy. You know Patrick Mahomes obviously is a absolute stud, but he's still young. But uh, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he's a guy who's going to walk into the Hall of Fame, put that gold jacket on when he's ready to. So, uh, you know, it's a different animal that he's going to be facing on Sunday. But uh, I think he's going to try to try to confuse him at the line of scrimmage, and then he's going to bring some pressure. I mean, he's one of those guys that likes to dial up the blitz and hope that the Raiders get there because if you don't get there on the blitz, then you know you get burned, you know. And, and on on the back end, the Raiders have been playing better in the secondary. Garyon Conley, their former first-round draft pick, he's come up with some big plays as of late, but then there's so many times where you kind of – hit your hand on your head and think oh you were you know a step behind or two steps behind or you didn't turn around just in time and so it's still a work in progress is what I guess I'm trying to say as far as the secondary goes and that obviously could play right into Aaron Rodgers hand because I mean if he feels a weakness if he sees a weakness you know he's going to go after blood that's what he's going to absolutely do and especially if the run game isn't isn't uh, working and isn't you know Aaron Jones isn't going off or Jamal Williams isn't going off then he'll have even more reason to to drop back and throw the ball around the yard as much as he can and 
and and you know he could be very successful in that and you know something that stood out to me that you you mentioned earlier was talking about throwing the ball to Aaron Jones and and having him be a a receiver as well that could be an area that that hurts the the Raiders that could hurt him you know getting him out there in the flats and just dumping it off and letting him create afterwards the Raiders are gonna have to be very very disciplined and uh you know and, and assignment you know they have to be on their assignments and, and not blow any coverages and that could be that could be pretty difficult especially since you're playing in the mecca man you're playing at lambeau field it, it's strange things happen there in lambeau right i i hear that there's just there's a different era or aura around uh, lambeau field when you're playing there the ghosts of, of the frozen tundra to be sure <laughs> All right, we're going to get back to Crossover Wednesday in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurant come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code Locked On. And speaking of saving money or even making money, this is where my bookie comes in right now. Between football season, the Major League Baseball playoffs, the start of the NBA and the NHL, it's time to get off the sidelines and get into the action because where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on and no one gives you more ways to win than my bookie. If you really want to support your team this season, don't sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie. And right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit bonus. Use the promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's right, promo code Locked On to double your cash. Go to MyBookie.ag today because at MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back to our crossover Wednesday. I'm I'm glad you mentioned the the Aaron Jones part of this because the the running backs against the Dallas linebackers and Dallas I mean uh, if there's a better one two punch at linebacker than Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch right I mean I, I don't I don't know if I've seen it and and Green Bay went after it early a little bit and then sort of went away from it I wonder if that's going to be part of the game plan against Oakland but on the other side of the ball with this this Derek Carr passing game I mean you mentioned Josh Jacobs They're, they've been a downhill run team but in terms of the passing game I mean there there is there is not a lot to be super impressed about in terms of the receivers I know there's some talent I mean I like Darren Waller um they they made some moves in the offseason obviously we don't have to to discuss what happened with Antonio Brown because mm-hmm. that's been adjudicated ad nauseum but I mean, what what is the the plan going to be in terms of trying to throw the ball enough to go on the road and beat Aaron Rodgers? You know, the thing about it is John Gruden wants Derek Carr just to, and I hate to use the word manage because everyone kind of frowns when you say manage the game, but that's what he really wants. He wants that quick 
pass, get the ball out of his hand as quick as possible, get it to his receiver, and pick up some yak yards. I mean, that that's what it is. I don't know if Tyrell Williams is going to go on Sunday. Uh, he didn't play against Chicago. He didn't practice on Monday, but apparently he's getting a little bit closer. He's dealing with a foot injury, and he's a guy that has four touchdowns on the season right now for the Raiders. You know, Darren Waller hasn't got into the end zone yet, but he's he's been a nice story so far. Uh, he really came out of nowhere. He's leading the team in receptions. Uh, you know, you got a guy like Hunter Renfro, who's a, a good possession receiver, I, I think. I'll, I'll always say, and I tell people all the time, it's never about the quantity with Hunter Renfro, but he'll come up with some quality catches. You know, he'll be that guy, similar to what he did in the national championship game. When you need that third and eight, uh, he's going to find the sticks. He's going to find a place to sit down, and, and he'll secure the ball when it comes to him. I mean, he's going to make sure he catches it, and then he'll do something afterwards. He's not going to take the top off the defense, not going to do anything like that. He's not going to out-athlete you. But he's secure with the ball in his hands. And so that's something that John Gruden and the Raiders like, just his ability to make sure he secures the catch. So it's going to be a bunch of, you know, boom, quick hitters out your hand real quick. And for the Raiders, they hope that they can get those those yards after the catch. They hope they can pick up those runs and, uh, you know, turn a five-yard pass into a 20-yard uh, reception, you know, run for 15 yards after that and just uh, get those guys rolling downhill. And that's, that's really what they're going to look to do. You know, he'll take a shot. Derek Carr, that is, will take a shot. If, if he has a, a chance, you know, they have Trevor Davis now. They brought in Zay Jones, both guys they traded for. And you know Trevor Davis from the Packers. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. that speed. So they're starting to incorporate him a little bit. He doesn't know the whole playbook, but he's got that speed and speed kills. So maybe they get him a little bit more involved after having a week off and giving John Gruden a little bit more time to, to draw something up for him and get him uh, involved. His, his very first game that he played in, he had a nice 60-yard end around that ended up going for, the, for a touchdown. You know, that was against the Indianapolis Colts. And that was like the first time he stepped on the field. Boom, take it 60 yards for a, a touchdown. So speed kills. Well, Packer fans saw that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, speed kills. And, and that's something that, you know, the Raiders have speed, but it's just how do they utilize it? How are they going to get it going? It's not going to be the old Raiders, uh, uh, you know, back in the day, the, the throwing the ball deep every play and going deep, you know, all that. It's, it's, it's not going to be what it is. It's going to be catch the ball and go. And so that's all That's all John Gruden's asking Derek Carr to do is not turn the ball over, don't be stupid with it, you know, pick up what you can and live to see the next play. When it comes to if you're, let's, you know, this is, this is my favorite question to ask. <laughs> if you are in the, the, the Packers coaching room and you're putting together a game plan um, for the Raiders and you're saying, okay, guys, this is where, this is the place we have the advantage and where we need to attack Oakland, whether it's offense, defense, run game, pass game, where is the place where you're saying this is where Green Bay can attack Oakland and make life tough for them? Um, I would probably say in the middle of the field, you know, I mean, straight up, I I would say that Aaron Rodgers, if he can get these guys uh, lined up with some of the linebackers and, you know, Vontez Burford is out for the the year. He was a a key cog to that Paul Gunther defense, but to hear Whitehead and and, and Nicholas Morrow have stepped up and Nicholas Morrow is very, very athletic. So maybe he's able to take that next step. He came up with a big interception in, in London against Chicago, but I just think that the linebackers are still a question. I don't know if they're really sideline to sideline, you know, the three down linebackers that we're seeing in the NFL now. I've always said I felt like the Raiders need to pick up, need to go draft a young stud, you know, an alpha dog that they could have. And so I think that the middle of the field could be a problem if the if the linebackers get caught up in, in coverage that they're not comfortable with. And, you know, and I still think you have to test the safeties. Carl Joseph has been playing well 
as of late. Some Raider fans think he's been playing well his whole career. I'm not signing up for that. I think that he's been playing a lot better lately, but he still, you know, has a lot to be desired. And Eric Harris, who's, you know, an undrafted guy, uh, you know, he's just kind of, he's that workman type dude, that blue collar type guy. He's been coming up with some good plays, but I still think, you know, the safety, go ahead and test them. You got to, you got to test them and see if they're, they're about that and, and can, can, uh, you know, be that last, that last line of defense and, and stop the Packers from getting behind them. And uh, if they prove to do that, then okay, you tip their cap, your tap, cap to them and say, okay, good job. But if not, you know, you beat them deep. Look what the Kansas City Chiefs did. They scored 28 points on the Raiders yep. in, in the second quarter, and all of that was on third and 40 or third and 20, and they go for 42 yards, you know, and it's just stuff like that. I mean, they, 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 they do give up the big play. It is, it is there and available if, uh, if the Packers can go in and try to exploit that. And, well, it is Aaron Rodgers, and so we know that he's going to be looking for the big play as well. Yeah, no question. If, if I flipped around that question and you look at how the Raiders can attack this Green Bay, I mean, is it, it's got to be that run game, right? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Again, if, if Josh Jacobs doesn't touch the ball 25 times, 25 to 30 times on, on Sunday, something went tragically wrong because this guy is lathered up. He's feeling good about himself, uh, starting to get his legs underneath him as far as an NFL player. And uh, yeah, it, he, he just he's averaging like almost five yards a carry. You know, and so he's, he's really dynamic. He's young, doesn't have a lot of uh, wear and tear on his body. He could also catch the ball in the backfield as well, similar to what Aaron Jones did against the Cowboys. Josh Jacobs could do the same thing, but the Raiders haven't used him that much in the past game. So it makes me feel like at some point that's going to be coming as well. And this might be one of those games where, hey, they just try to get the ball out of his, out of uh, Derek Carr's hands as quick as possible and uh, either hand it off to Jacobs or toss it to Jacobs or Give a jet sweep to, like I said, a Trevor Davis or a Zay Jones or just some way to get those playmakers going without putting too much stress on Derek Carr. Because once he starts seeing some people in his face start diving around his legs and feet, he gets a little he gets a little happy feet sometimes in the pocket. And, and when that happens, that's when turnovers happen. That's when he starts seeing, seeing guys that aren't really there, those ghosts of Lambeau. He starts to see those guys, and that's when bad things happen. Well, and they might not be ghosts on Sunday. It might be Zadarius <laughs> and Preston Smith. Yeah, hey, and they're impressive, man. They are that. That and, and look, it's it's probably rare for Packer fans to get excited about free agent pickups because I know that's not something the Packers are used to doing. <laughs> but those are some good pickups right there. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun game. You said it, it could be a throwback game. I think you're right about that. I think it's going to be low scoring. I know the over under is not super high. The line is is Packers by six. That's sort of how I see it. I'm I'm thinking like 20 to 14, 21, maybe 24, 17, something like that. That's that's how I'm I'm seeing it right now as we stand here. Assuming Darnell Savage gets back, I think he was close. Allison, maybe he can play, maybe he can't. That that's how. If Devontae Adams comes back, I think this is more like a 10 point game. That's just that's my perspective on it. Yeah, I think Devontae Adams could be the game changer here. You know, I, I want to go and say that I think the Raiders could pull off a third victory in a row, especially having that week off and the Packers coming off uh, a short week. You know, playing on Monday night. But uh, I just, I just, man, it, it's tough for me to see them go into Lambeau Field and go up against a very elite quarterback in Aaron Rodgers with a healthy Devontae Adams and think that they're going to go, you know, toe to toe with them, blow for blow. But I do know that the Raiders are going to try to hold on to the rock as much as possible. And if, you know, if Mike Pettin wants to talk about walking to Miami takes a lot longer than flying there, he's right. But John Gruden <laughs> will be comfortable walking. John Gruden has no problem walking all the way to Miami. You know, he'll 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 do that all day long and just go ahead and try to eat and hold on to that ball. You know, because the the one place Aaron Rodgers can't beat you from is the sideline. That's a great point. That's a great point. It should be a fun one. It is. It is an all-time uh, uniform game. There are there are a few uniforms that <laughs> look true. better than the Oakland Raiders <laughs> and the Green Bay Packers. I thought Cowboys Packers is right there in terms of 
iconic uniforms, but this is another good one for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's the hundredth, you know, year centennial year of the NFL, and so you got to have these classics going up against each other. And so it's been fun seeing the Raiders go up against the NFC North because that's a one hell of a division. And so just to see them go up and, and, and compete against teams that are in that division, it's been a lot of fun. And obviously, the Packers right now sitting on top of it with that five and one record. For sure. Hey, man, this was fun. Absolutely. No doubt about it. We got to do this again. Well, you know, February is probably off the table, but who knows? You never know. (laughs) I got you. I see what you did there. I got you. (laughs) Great stuff, man. Great stuff. All right. I want to thank Q again for joining the show. I'm working on trying to get another guest to talk about the Raiders tomorrow just because this is not a team that a lot of Packer fans are probably intimately familiar with. They run hard knocks, so maybe a little bit more than normal, but that a lot of that was spent talking about Antonio Brown. I didn't even feel like it was prudent to talk about Antonio Brown in this setting because it's not relevant to the football, and there is so many muddy, ugly issues that we would have to get into. It's just I think the Raiders wanted to move on, and for our purposes, it just didn't make sense here to to get into all of that. If if you wanna if you wanna dig in, feel free. There is myriad resources online for you to do that, read about it, watch it. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff for you to get there. So go get that if you're interested in it. We're gonna be back tomorrow and our Periscope show on Friday, live as usual. Breaking news with the uh, not breaking news, but you know, injury report, instant reaction. Let's go with that on Friday and uh, that'll be up as soon as we can but the Periscope show is live so go find that and and check it out you can get the instant reaction don't have to wait for the editing and the producing and all the stuff that goes into putting together an episode of Locked on Packers you can just watch me do it live we'll do it live and the easiest way to do that is to follow me on Twitter because it's a Periscope stream you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers you can like us on Facebook subscribe to the podcast on iTunes on Spotify on Google Podcasts your preferred podcast provider, wherever you're listening to this right now. You can find us here whenever you need us. Assuming we have a new episode, you can go listen to old episodes too if you really wanted to. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, a lot of you sent in questions, comments. Uh, I love that I get halftime messages that are that are, I get to read in real time or get to go back and, and read if I don't catch during the game. And it's like, oh, okay, well, um, that didn't happen or whatever, or or they predicted the future. Sometimes it's like that. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a great time for me, and I get to enjoy that. So send me those messages at the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775. And don't forget to stay Locked on Packers. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.